This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. This is the second Sunday, beginning the second week of Advent. Advent, as we discussed last week, is from a Latin word for coming. At the end of this month, we know from experience that God will offer, through the grace of the church, somehow, not just the recollection of the birth of the Savior of the world, but the renewal, somehow the rebirth of Jesus within people who want to be open to and who cooperate with that grace, Nobody knows other than God what that might mean. No one knows when or how it might unfold, but we know from experience it's real. Many people, including many people in this community, are preparing for the coming of that grace by trying to be focused spiritually during these weeks of Advent. It does not mean detaching from the, well, it does mean hopefully detaching from some of the busyness. It does not mean being free of all the craziness of the month of December. It's very much in the midst of the craziness, trying to focus one day at a time on what my goal is, is to prepare for the coming of this grace of Christmas. As we talked about last week, the church every day offers us scripture passages about people who have prepared for the coming of Jesus in the past, or us today. So we just heard in that second reading, a reflection from Peter on the second coming of Jesus and how, at the end of time, how to prepare for it. The first reading we heard from our Jewish ancestors, centuries before Jesus comes, preparing for the coming of the Messiah. We heard in the Gospel reading, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, preparing people for Jesus to enter into their lives as an adult. And as we get closer to Christmas, we'll hear passages about people preparing for the birth of the child Jesus. Whatever the passage is, it's all about preparing for his coming. So if you and I enter into these people's experiences, we can be confident we're grounded for the coming of the grace of Christmas. So this week, what I encourage you to do is to take the gospel reading and the first reading, which are clearly connected. Gospel reading, John the Baptist, as I just said, is preparing people for the coming of the adult Jesus into their lives. He calls people out of the city of Jerusalem. They go out into the desert. 
He says to prepare, you need to turn away from your sin, and you're invited to be baptized, which for them it's just symbolic, but they go into the Jordan River, they go under the water saying, I want to die to my sin. They come out of the water saying, I want to live in God to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. John says when this Messiah comes, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus ultimately does. So the gospel writer, Mark, says that what John is doing is preparing the way for the Messiah, the way Isaiah, in our first reading today, six centuries before this, has told people to prepare. John is the one who is ultimately doing directly what Isaiah has said to do for six centuries. So here's what Isaiah says to do. You following me here? Just nod. It'll make me feel better about my life. Thank you. So here's what Isaiah says to do. So to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, we've done this before. This is a good repetition. We do it every couple of Advents. It's really, really good. The vision is of a vast area of land, miles and miles. I encourage you to envision this this week. I do this regularly. The image is that God's people are here all of God's people. So that includes you, that includes me, that includes all of us who are God's people. It's not just an individual experience. The image is that way, way, way away, miles and miles and miles away, God wants to come to us. Isaiah says, to prepare for God to come to you, make it straight for God. So if there is a winding highway, make it straight so that God doesn't have to go all around here. Make the highway straight. If there's a valley, so think like, what do we call the Grand Canyon? If you're going to get from there to here, and the Grand Canyon is in the way, fill it in. Because either you're gonna God's going to have to go way around, or God's going to have to go like this. That's the way God goes in a valley. If there are mountains or hills, flatten them so that God can get straight to you. If it's rough area, if it's tough area, make it wide and make it smooth. Get all the things that could block God getting to you out of the way. So many of us, I think, were doing that this past week. We were trying one day at a time, I hope you were doing this, to do right. We were trying one day at a time to be more mindful of God in our prayer and reflection. That is making it a straighter path for God, God's grace to come at Christmas. What I encourage you to add this week, don't stop that. Yeah, for one week I tried to do right. Keep doing what you were doing last week, but add to it. For the other people who are with you and me preparing for this grace, how are you? The winding road, the valley, the mountain or hill, the rough and toughness that makes it more complicated for God to get to other people. If you've done this in the past, it requires fresh honesty. It requires letting go of beating up on yourself, but it requires as much honesty with God and yourself as you can have. Start with the people who are closest to you. If you're in a sacramental marriage, your spouse, your children, your parents, your immediate family, whatever that means, the people who have the closest God relationships with you in your life. 
the other people in this community, and people at work and people at school who in fact may not be very close to God because Jesus is coming for everybody. Start with the closest relationships and then take them one at a time, moving out in a circle from there. How do you block the grace of Jesus in these people's lives? If you are in a sacramental marriage, you promised God that you would be the chief instrument of Jesus coming into the life of your spouse. If you're a parent and you had your child baptized, you stood up before God and the whole world and you accepted your responsibility to be the chief instruments of Jesus in your ch children's lives. If you claim to be a Catholic, as I do, we stand up every week in this church, we receive the Eucharist, and we say that we're going to get out into this city and we're going to be the chief instruments of Jesus in trying to change this city for his love. So these are the deepest commissions we have from God. How is it, honestly, right now, that you block Jesus getting into other people's lives? It's not about like, oh yeah, I'm annoying, and so I annoy people. It could be that, but it's much deeper. So I'll give you some examples. It could be, I am annoying to my spouse, and I enjoy being annoying to my spouse because I want to bother her, because I, it's all this psycho stuff. I want to punish her. And in fact, I take up the time that we should have growing together in Jesus. I make this choice to make her life more complicated. I am in a relationship with a person who actually doesn't know, there's a lot of this going on, doesn't know God that much, doesn't know Jesus that much, and I choose to be a partner in sin with this person, and in fact, it makes it much less likely that Jesus is going to ever be understood by this person. I choose people who don't believe in Jesus, and I sin with them, and I am blocking his grace potentially in these people's lives. That's a big thing at work as well. I stand up here like I do, and I claim to be a witness to Jesus, but I've got this list of real sinful things in my life, things that I do that are wrong, things I know I should do that I don't do, and I think somehow this is okay. Everybody knows these things about me. They know what a hypocrite I am. My children know this. My neighbors know this. Everybody knows it, and I somehow think this is okay. I am a scandal to people. I am making it much less likely that Jesus is credible to them because why would they believe in him if I say I do, but I don't live in him? You with me here? So it's not to get down on yourself at all, and it's actually not to spend a lot of time dwelling on your sinfulness or your lack of graciousness. It's to just be honest. If you do this, I think some of you in this community are actually going to come up with I don't have much of a list, because some of you are extraordinarily holy. I'm not one of those people. Some of you, if you do this, I think you're going to come up with, I really don't have much of a list. I'm just doing great. Please talk to your wife. <laughs> Please talk to your children. If your list is really not that much, go to these people and say, you know what, I don't have anything I do that blocks God in your, just ask them about it, because they've probably got a list in their phone 
that is taking up almost all of the memory. And some of us at the end of this will have a real list. That list is a list of opportunities I can choose to change in these areas that, if I choose it, would be living Advent. I will have a list of gifts that I can give to other people, the most important people in my life for Christmas, whether I tell them or not. Here's the list of what I can do to help Jesus enter you and Jesus to grow in you. That is a list more valuable than anything that you can buy on Amazon. That is a list that will never appear on Amazon. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.